0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Experts say children are developing myopia, or nearsightedness, at an accelerated rate, and they're pointing their fingers at excessive screen time. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Reset. Do you know that feeling of your eyes straining from staring at a screen for too long? Or even your vision being a little blurry after looking closely at your phone for a while? Yeah, not great. Well, more kids are experiencing issues with their eyesight and staring at screens is the culprit. I mean, think about it. How much time do your kids spend watching TV, scrolling through social media on their phone, or doing their homework on school laptops? It's habits like these that eye experts say can lead to high myopia in children which can lead to more severe symptoms, including blindness. To learn more about the impact of screens on children's eyesight, we spoke to Dr. Lisa Thompson, an attending physician of pediatric ophthalmology at Cook County Medical Center, and Dr. Noreen Sheikh, an optometrist at Lurie Children's Hospital. I started our discussion by asking Dr. Thompson to first explain what myopia is.
1: Myopia is the clinical term for nearsighted, which is a, rec- a very common refractive error that it makes vision blurry in the distance, but up close
0: much better, hence the term near-sighted. I see. And uh, Dr. Sheik, a recent study is showing that 50% of the world's population will have some some degree of myopia by 2050, which is alarming. I mean, can we largely attribute this to current screen habits though, is that a fair?
2: assumption you know we have seen um, a big uptick in recent years and we do attribute a lot of that to spending a lot more time looking at things up close yeah but that's that's the way of the future it is and really everything's on screen everything is on screen and we saw a big we saw a big increase in um, that behavior during the pandemic as well and not ironically, we saw an increase in um, the amount of myopia that we're seeing as well.
0: And this isn't just happening in the U.S., right, Dr. Thompson?
1: Right. Um, you know, Asian countries are seeing this as a, an epidemic. You know, Taiwan, Singapore, South Korea are all over 75 percent of their population. Um, and I think where, whenever you... Um, put intense and early education together with less outdoor time, which we haven't talked about, but that's that is a risk factor too, and more screen time, you see just an explosion of onset and progression of myopia.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you were citing a Rwanda study, Doctor. Um,
1: you know, there there actually last month in the Journal of um, uh, Pediatric Ophthalmology. Uh, there was a study in Rwanda done. It was a, a population-based study that looked at over 25,000 kids and their incidence of myopia and actually all refractive error is less than 1%. So there are, there are mm. places in the world where, you know, because they're outdoors, kids are outdoors and there's no early onset rigorous academia, um, the, the kids just don't develop myopia at all. So,
0: help us connect the dots here, uh, Dr. Sheikh. I mean, why is it so concerning that more children are developing myopia today? Like, what is it about children's eyes that maybe make them particularly susceptible?
2: Right. So, we typically see normal growth of the eye. Um, so, the physiological growth of the eye doesn't cause. In um, increase in the amount of myopia. Myopia happens because the eye is becoming elongated over time. And so that physiological growth is normal. We don't see that increase in myopia, but what we are seeing now is not only that physiological growth, but the myopic growth where eyes are growing at a faster rate than normal. Typically that slows down or stops at the age of 12, mm. but now we're often seeing it extending. That myopia starting earlier and then um, continuing to progress into teenage or even later years
0: oh my goodness so the you're saying with with the myopia your eye is uh, it's accelerating that that lengthening that lengthening that should happen sort of over the course of your lifetime is happening really quickly C-
2: correct so we're seeing it so the the lengthening of the eye the normal growth of the eye usually slows down our steps around um, 12 13 years old but again we're seeing sort of, a faster rate of growth within those years, and then that growth continuing on.
0: So at what point does myopia become something that parents need to be concerned about? I mean, I'll speak for myself. Both my daughters have they have prescription glasses. One wears them every day, relies on them. Um, the other just, I mean, she puts them on, I think, just at, in class, at school. Um, it isn't as much of a concern. I don't think I'd ever connected myopia or maybe I just wasn't using the right terminology up until this point? Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So when we become concerned about myopia is typically when we reach the levels of high myopia. So high myopia would be considered minus six or greater Um, and that is usually correlates with an axial length, so a length of the eyeball of 26 millimeters or greater. So a longer eye has more, um, the, the structures that, str- that line the back of the eye, the retina is more stretched in that eye. And so when it's more stretched, it's thinner. And that makes it more susceptible to tearing or getting a retinal detachment. And these things typically happen much later than life. But we have learned that every diopter makes a difference. Every diopter puts you at a greater risk of those complications later in life.
0: So Dr. Thompson, I- I'm asking again on behalf of the parents here, how much is too much screen time?
1: So the American Academy of Pediatrics, based on the research that's been done, recommends no more than an hour a day of screen time in kids over the age of two and up until age six.
0: Under no the more age, than an hour a day? Is that what you said? Yes, I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It <laughs> um, just sounds age, impossible.
1: I, it Well, it it's doable. It just takes a lot of parenting. You know, I think under the age of two, There is no no recommended screen time that is they kids under toddlers shouldn't or babies should not be looking at screens for more than just FaceTiming grandma or
0: something of that. nature. Well, I'm thinking of like school aged children who are getting Chromebooks to do their assignments. And so they're on screens for, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day uh, just in class. I agree. It's a it is a challenge. I mean, for academic stuff, I
1: think that there's some rationale for, you know, for being able to use screens. I think what the problem really is, is that a lot of children, school age children will come home and then be on screens just for for fun Mm -hmm. or for, you know, quote, educational apps, unquote, Um, you know, instead of going outside, which we know from many studies has been shown to Uh, decrease both the onset of myopia and the severity of myopia
0: yeah they're coming home they're talking and messaging with with friends they're on social media because they hadn't been able to use it all day at school they're watching television and the hours are just adding up it sounds like sticking with you for just another moment here dr thompson you have mentioned the phrase myopogenic lifestyle what is that Right. Well, that is the combination, right, of early education, less
1: outdoor time and more screen time. So we are all of us, even, uh, you know, adults um, are just becoming uh, more myopogenic in the way we we function. And it's just, you know, causing this explosion. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's difficult. Uh, it's it's many things at once that we're doing and slowly but surely, even before COVID, we were sort of seeing this uptick from the 70s, 25% of us in the 2000s, 40% now, you know, close to 50%. So I think um, we have to take a step back and look at these, these lifestyle changes that we've made.
0: How do you feel about how kids in Chicago are, um, you know, exposed here? Are they especially vulnerable, you think?
1: I think they are. In inner-city and underserved populations, There's, it's a very difficult thing to allow your child to be outdoors for two hours a day, which is sort of the recommended time frame. And um, I think you know that requires, especially in young kids, it requires the parent to be out. It requires a safe neighborhood. Um, and um, it's just harder and harder to do these days.
0: Dr. Sheik, are there um... Any ethnic or socioeconomic disparities when it comes to the the number of cases that you see in your office?
2: Um, yeah, I think East Asian children are are, are more affect or are more affected by um, myopia, and that is likely due to um, genetic predisposition as well as lifestyle. Oh, um, I see. Um, and then also, as Dr. Thompson said, urban children are also at a greater risk, I think, for, the same, for, the, for those reasons that you're less likely to spend that quality time outdoors. And Chicago in particular, our winters are tough. Our days are short. They are. And so that outdoor time is really, we believe, is dependent upon the brightness of the light. And so when we have these short days, kids get outside after school, but it's dark at 430. So they get much more limited good outdoor exposure.
0: So talk more than Dr. Thompson about those long-term symptoms of high myopia, as we mentioned. I mean, what, what happens if it goes untreated? So um, like Dr. Sheck had mentioned, there's
1: retinal detachment is a much, you know, the risk of having either retinal detachment or something called myopic maculopathy. The my, the macula is the center of the retina. And when it gets thin, Uh, It just stops working, you know, and so you the risk of both of those things happening go up exponentially as the number of myopia that that myopic number minus six or greater goes up. So it's um, and unfortunately, you know, the retina is like brain tissue. Um, If it breaks or if it thins out, you have a very short period of time to fix it, after which. You just have vision loss and there's really no treatment for it. There's no great treatment for it. Um, so it, it is a tricky thing um, to, to try to limit the growth of the eye and the, limit the growth of the number of, of, of the myopia. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, what else can we do about this, Dr. Shake? I mean, is it really just less screen time and more time outside?
2: You know, I mean, there's there are there are interventions now. So this is a very highly studied topic. Um, so recently in 2020, the FDA approved a contact lens that was designed specifically to slow down the progression of myopia, and so that has proven to be very effective for children. It was approved for children eight and above. And um, a contact lens. A contact lens. It's a soft, daily disposable contact lens, just like you or I might wear every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the safety has been proven and the efficacy has been proven. The idea is that it focuses the image in front of the retina, in front of the peripheral retina in the back of the eye, and that helps prevent the eye from elongating. Um, there are also eye drops that um, can be used to help prevent the eye from elongating as well, as well as an overnight hard contact lens that reshapes the eye and prevents it from um, growing. So there are these interventions that you can take once um, a child to become myopic to slow it down, but we can't stop that growth entirely. We can slow it down. So the earlier you catch it, and the
0: and better. this contact lens and these eye drops is that that's in place of glasses? Like they they wouldn't need glasses at that point, the or
2: contact lens would be in place of, of glasses. But if you if the, the eye drop would require glasses still,
0: um, how much would this cost? These treatments,
2: you know, it, it it's expensive, and unfortunately, it's not covered by insurance. Um, the contact lenses can range from anywhere. From eight hundred dollars to two thousand um, dollars f- for a year supply. Um, the the eye drops run around four hundred, four hundred and fifty for a year supply.
0: Does the current eye drops recall that we're hearing about? Uh- not a this? This. Yeah, okay. no, these aren't these
2: are these are not commercially available. Folks might be thinking, so I gotta yes, I gotta yes. ask. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. Um no, so this is a this is actually a special contact or a special eye drop that has to be compounded at a, at a specialty pharmacy. It's not commercially available. Um
0: Gotcha. Well how do you suggest parents help their kids create healthier habits with their devices, Dr. Thompson?
1: Well, I. you know, the nice thing about these devices is they all have parent controls. And, um, you know, I have three kids. They're all on parent. Even the teenager is on, is on a limit. Um, and you can limit apps. You can limit um, overall screen time. And I think you, you just as a parent, you have to be a little more proactive in, in those screen time limits. I also think, you know, getting your kids outdoors, it is tough in Chicago. But foster an interest in being outdoors, outdoor sports, skiing, making snowmen, invest in winter clothing really good winter clothing mm-hmm. not only for your kids but for yourself because you're probably going to need to get out there too
0: we'll leave it there dr lisa thompson's an attending physician of pediatric ophthalmology at cook county medical center and dr noreen shake is an optometrist at lurie children's hospital thank you so much for joining us
2: thanks for having me
0: this episode was produced by brenda ruiz who edited it along with linnea dominic if you enjoy listening to our program Give us a like and subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. It also helps more people find our show. That's it from Reset for today. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons, and we will talk again tomorrow.